Season 1, Episode 60, 60, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, John Chapter 1, Verses 1 through 71. And let me just start talking out about the difference between the Synoptic Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke and the Gospel of John which is more of a summary, uh, less of a summary, I guess I should say. Synoptic means summary. But it is uh, John picking out what interests him to uh, accomplish his goal of John chapter 20, verse 30, the second to last chapter, the end of the second of last chapter, where John says, But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. You might and you might not. It depends on whether you believe or not. And you're going to, in this chapter, we're going to see that there's some that believe and some that don't. And that's just the way it is. And I've been a believer for 48 years. And uh, I really enjoy this podcast stuff. Uh, just got a new country. Uh, I'm, I'm up to 10 countries now. The Czech Republic just uh, joined. Anyway. Um, kind of nice to stay home and reach the world, but uh, and I have no idea if somebody just stumbles on it and listens for it for two seconds or has caught every episode. I've had over 600 plays, and and I know I don't account for all of them. I would have to listen to it for a couple of days to to do that, like over 24 hours straight. Anyway, I do listen to. Uh, to them at least once. Sometimes I put them in the car and just listen to them when I'm driving. I don't drive that much, but anyway, here we go. Um, John chapter one. Now I would. I'm going to say that there are uh, there are months between John chapter four and John chapter five, and we finished John chapter five yesterday. And there are, appears to be as many as 12 months between John chapter 5 and John chapter 6. Because in John chapter 5, which we covered on podcast 59, the one right before this one, um, he's in Jerusalem, he's in a temple, he clears the temple, he uh, questioned by the Pharisees at the temple, he heals the man in the crowded streets of Jerusalem at the holy days, if you will, uh, Passover, uh, Pentecost, Feast of Trumpets, uh, when there's a lot of Jews that come for those, they're called pilgrimage feasts, and Jerusalem is, is packed. And uh, the one with booths is uh, because you come and build your own booth. And even if you live in Jerusalem, you have to build it. You have to go camping in the backyard or whatever. Uh, you have to leave the house, and uh, it's called the Feast of Tabernacles, which a tabernacle is a house, a dwelling. It, it's also been translated as the Feast of Booths, which I think for kids would be awesome to go camping with mom and dad and uh, go out and leave the house for a couple of days, weeks, whatever. Um, you know, and I feel bad that I don't, I'm not better versed on the pilgrimage feast, but there's no place to pilgrimage, and there hasn't been from A.D. 70. The temple's been destroyed, and so there is no temple to attend. Now, the Antichrist is going to build one during the first three and a half years of the tribulation, 
And then at the three and a half year mark, he's going to offer sacrifices and occupy the office of priest. And it's called the abomination of desolation and it's time to run for your lives if you're Jewish. And then Christ comes back within less than three and a half years or nobody would survive. And if you're a believer, you live on into the millennium. If you're not, you're cast into the lake of, into a place prepared for Satan and his demons. So your call on where you end up. Okay, so, um, so I'm just going to start reading John chapter 6, verses 1 through 70... How far does it go? 71? Yeah, 1 through 71. Okay, and in these chapters, we're going to look at Jesus feeding the 5,000 uh, in the area of the Sea of Galilee, which is uh, uh, approximately 100 miles as the crow flies, and it's pretty mountainous, so he goes up in the mountains. And I know from the military that it's a lot further when you got to go up and down mountains than it is just on a flat road. But anyway... Um, but these people were walkers, and they are just going between Jerusalem and the Sea of Galilee on a regular basis since chapter 5 was in Jerusalem, and now we're up in the Sea of Galilee. And no comment about how they got there or anything like that. Um, we had the Samaritan woman in chapter 4, but then in chapter 5 he was in Jerusalem, and now he's back north of Samaria. So it's John's approach to the gospel is different than the ones that are just seem to be more organized and he has his reasons, and he gave us our, his reasons. These are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. So I've had life through his name for 48 years. All right, John chapter 6, verse 1. After these things, well, the things were in chapter 5 were Jerusalem. And now uh, they went over the Sea of Galilee, uh, which is the Sea of Tiberias. It's got two names. And a great multitude followed him. This multitude is preparing to make the journey back to Jerusalem for the Passover because they saw the miracles that he did on them that were diseased. So Jesus has been doing miracles. Uh, John hasn't really gone into those here. The other Gospels would lay them out for you. Uh, and Jesus went, verse 3, And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. So it's coming near. That's what nigh means. And uh, it sounds like, a, I think they were just in Jerusalem at the time of the Passover. So a year's gone by. I could be wrong. But again, John is written a little differently than the other three Gospels. When Jesus then, what, like the, the, the feeding of the 5,000 is mentioned in all four Gospels, but but John presents it, as you will see, in a little different light. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you shall not have eternal life. I mean, wow. But he says the words are spirit. Jesus says the words are spirit, and John records that. So this is not actually eating his, not cannibalism. Anyway, um, so verse 4, And the, piece of the, the Passover was a feast of the Jews was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread for the, that these may eat? So he's looking at this big crowd coming up. The miracles, he was not well received when he went to, when he went to Nazareth. 
not just the carpenter's son. Um, uh, John has skipped over that. Anyway, but they've seen some miracles, mostly in Jerusalem, I think, is where they saw the miracles. He didn't do a lot of miracles in his, because there weren't very many people believing in him around the Sea of Galilee. Samaritans on the, on the way to his home country, his homeland of, of, um, of uh, Galilee. Okay, um, verse 6. And this he said to prove him, for he knew what he would do. Okay, verse 5. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith to Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? So he, And this he said, verse 6, to prove Philip. And Jesus himself knew what he would do. Philip answered Jesus, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. Because that's all they had in the bank. That's all that Judas had in the purse. Because he was the keeper of the purse. But um, verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 8. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here that has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now I looked up that word men and it's not like in some in the Old Testament where it talks about mankind. Uh, this is actual uh, the men, the, the male gender, if you will. Make the men sit down. So they could have been like a lot of, you know, whether he feeds 5,000 or 20,000, what difference does it make? I mean, he's feeding them with a kid's lunch that his mom prepared for him. So it's a miracle either way. But anyway, uh, God doesn't need our help to make his miraculous more miraculous. But anyway, the men sat, sat down, and I assume their families would sit with them. And there was, and they could have been on their way to Passover. It was near, and they've got to go a hundred miles as the crows fly, so that's that's a a, a, you know, a journey. And again, these people were walkers, so they could do it. Now there was much grass in the place. Well, that makes me think it. Well, the Sea of Galilee, I guess it's fresh water, so they have uh, grass there. Uh, so the men sat down, and the number about five thousand. Verse eleven. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, and that's something we should do, and I fail to do regularly, is to give thanks for my food. I'm usually giving thanks with my mouth full, but I uh, hope the Lord knows I am thankful for my food. He distributed to his disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down. And likewise, the fishes, as much as they would, or as much as they wanted, and they were filled. And Jesus said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets, and the fragments of the with with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. And those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said something I think is pretty profound. They said, this is of truth, a prophet that should come into the world. It reminds me of the woman at the well. You know, is the Messiah going to do more than this? 
So I'm wondering, because there are obviously some unbelievers in this group, as we will read in chapter 6 here, but those men, when they had seen the miracle, you know, when he made the water into wine of Canaan, not everybody was aware of that. Only the servants were aware of that. So I'm not sure that everybody figured out where this food came from. So Maybe I'm making a big point about something, but I think I'm going to suggest that there are some people that were uh, believers because they sound like believers in verse 14. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, these men said, this is of a truth, the prophet that should come into the world. The prophet from Moses, the prophet from the Old Testament is the Messiah. Then Jesus therefore perceived that they would take, the men that saw the miracle would take him by force and make him king. Isn't that what he wanted? So that's why I'm thinking that, that there's a lot of people here that aren't believers and they're not going to go for that. But the men that saw the miracle, the men that believed, and not probably everybody saw the miracle believed, but that's the story of Jesus's three years of public ministry, especially in Jerusalem, but also, uh, you know, in his home country too, maybe even worse. This is of a truth, the prophet that should come into the world. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would take him by force and make him king, he departed again unto the mountain himself alone. Now later on he says, you know, you you didn't you don't want you haven't come to find me because you, uh, you know, know who I am. It's because you were filled. Now I, again, I don't know if these people are believers or not. I'm just promoting the idea that that Jesus was not ready to be made king and probably knew that that would be a futile act anyway. The, the leaders of Israel would never stand for that. But anyway, uh, and when Jesus therefore perceived that they would t come and take him by force and make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. And when evening was come, now we're going to have Jesus walking on the water uh, that night, and when verse 16 and when and when evening was now come his disciples went down into the sea of Galilee and entered into a ship and went over the sea towards Capernaum I I don't know if Jesus had told him that uh, obviously John is pretty good at leaving stuff details out as he tells his story but uh, it was we have the other gospels to nailed down the timeline and it was now dark and Jesus was not come to them so they took off and the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew so large lakes can get pretty pretty uh, uh, what's the right word um, have a lot of waves anyway um, dangerous how about that uh, John chapter 6, verse 19. So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, which is uh, 25 or 35 uh, eighths of a mile, because a furlong is an eighth of a mile. So if you're, a, if, you, if you're a track runner, that would be a 200 meter run would be an eighth of a mile. And uh, eight of those 200 meter runs would be a mile. Anyway, 
uh, I'll let you do the math on that. Um, they, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh or near unto the ship, and they were afraid. But Jesus saith unto them, It is I, be not afraid. And they willingly received him, they believed him, oh, it's Jesus, into the ship, and immediately the ship was at land whither they went. So that could have been a miracle of calming the sea, and it could have been a miracle of, boom, we're at Capernaum. But um, I'll have to ask uh, one of the disciples when I get to heaven. Anyway, how did that exactly work out? And the day following, verse 22, 6.22, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there save the one whereunto the disciples had entered. So I guess they watched the disciples enter when Jesus went up into the mountain. And that Jesus was not with them, was not with his disciples. He was up in a mountain alone. Uh, with disciples into the boat, went not with the disciples into the boat that his disciples were gone away alone. So they saw that from the shore of the Sea of Galilee. Howbeit there came other boats from Tiberias, so it's the Sea of Tiberias or the Sea of Galilee, but Tiberias is a city because the Romans like to name cities in their conquered countries, uh, like Caesarea, Caesarea, which is where the Romans lived. They didn't live in Jerusalem. They lived in Caesarea on the, the coast of the Mediterranean. Uh, nigh unto the place where they did eat bread, after that, the Lord had given given thanks. <clears throat> I have a cough, so I apologize. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they took shipping and came unto Capernaum seeking for Jesus. So the disciples had said, hey, we're going to Capernaum. I don't know. But anyway, they knew where they was going. And I think the disciples were already there. Uh, and when they had found Jesus on the other side of the sea at Capernaum, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou here, hither? We know you didn't leave with your disciples, so how did you get here? Um, and Jesus answered and said unto them, and this is, reminds me of what uh, Jesus said to Nicodemus, except, you know, Master, we know one, no one can do the miracles you do except they be from God, which is kind of complimentary. And Jesus says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And they came and said, Rabbi, camest thou hither? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat loaves and were filled. You just want another free meal. So God knows what's in the heart of men. And... Uh, that's just, and he loves us anyway. Uh, John six twenty seven. Labor not for the meat that perisheth, but for the meat that endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. So he's talking about eternal life here, talking about spiritual things, and he says he's talking about the words are spirit. But uh, verse 28. Then said they unto Jesus, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? That's a great question. You know, he said labor for, for food that will give you eternal life. And they go, okay, what do you want us to do that we might work the works of God? 
Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that you believe on him who he has sent. So there it is, just believe. That's what these people need to do. They said, these unbelieving people that just wanted food, they said therefore unto him, What sign showest, showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? And while you're thinking about that, we'll give you one. Our fathers, verse 31, did eat manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. How about, you know, yesterday we ate until we were filled and now we're hungry and we'd like to eat again. And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not the bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. So he's talking about spiritual things. They're talking about physical things. And they're not exactly on the same sheet of music here. And they're going to be offended by what he says. Then said they, the unbelieving people that wanted a free meal, unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. He's talking about bread. Let's, let's have this bread that comes down from... Uh, for the bread of God is he that comes down from heaven. I don't think they've really got the connection here yet, but they're going to get it and they're going to be offended by it. Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. See, basically the same thing he said to the woman at the well in chapter 4. The difference is she believed. But I said unto you, you that you also have seen me and believe not. So he's talking to unbelievers here, which definitely changes the way he talks. You know, the disciples said, why do you speak in parables? And it says it's for you to know the secrets of God. To whom it's given, it'll be given more. To him that hath, it'll be taken away even that he hath. These people have made a choice not to believe in him. I, I, when I heard the, the gospel, the salvation was a free gift, I didn't have to work for it because I knew I couldn't. I didn't have to make any promises I wasn't going to keep. And that God loved the world and that anybody in the world could make this choice of trusting Christ, receiving the free gift of eternal life, and joining the family of God. I said, I'm in. So that's what I did. And I would encourage you to do that. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. Again, that's totally up to you. Okay, now I've kind of lost track of where I am. And when I take my eye off my place here, I get kind of... Uh, okay, but I said unto you, and you have also seen me, and believe not. Verse 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. If this sounds familiar, I, I covered this in another, not the whole chapter 6, and I thought I would keep them in order in episode number so I'm kind of reviewing some of this stuff before that I've said before but all that the Father giveth me shall come to me and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out so if you think you can lose your salvation one way you could be uh, lose your salvation is if God or Jesus kicked you out of the family cast you out of the out of the family of God okay and he says he will not do that all which your Father give me shall come to me and him that cometh to me I will not Cast, I will in no wise cast out. And him that cometh to me. Are you going to come to him or not? By faith. Are you going to believe? 
What must we do to do the works of God? Believe on him who he hath sent. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. It's God's will that you will come to Christ. But you have your will. Whosoever will, let him come. Verse, uh, that's in, I think, at the end of the Bible in John's uh, book of Revelation. Uh, and this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing. So he says he's not going to cast you out. We go, oh, well, I could slip away. I could, you know, while he's sleeping, I could run away, whatever. I will lose nothing. So I think you, your bases are covered here. He's not going to cast you out, or my bases are covered. I don't know about yours. He's not going to cast me out, and he's not going to lose me. But should raise it up again at the last day. And I think what he's going to raise up at the last day is the resurrection of the dead. I'm going to, when I die, my body's going to be, uh, the only way I can get into Arlington National Cemetery is to be cremated. And I, my wife is already uh, there waiting for, whatever. Her body's there. She's an absent body and present with the Lord. I don't want to think for a second that she's in a, um, uh, in a, whatever, a columbarium uh, with uh, where I put her remains uh, myself. The old guard handed them to me and I put them there. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway, um, but raise it up again at the last day. Uh, for us, that will be uh, the the rapture. That's where we're at. When the rapture, which could happen today, imminence could happen today. Uh, John, believed, Paul, Peter, they all believed in imminence. And it's been 2,000 years. The church age, nobody saw it coming. But anyway, um, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and they will be reunited with their bodies. They'll get their new spiritual bodies or whatever, so I guess they can interact and help win the battle of Armageddon. I don't know why they need spiritual bodies. I'm kind of looking forward to not having the flesh, because if you read about the flesh, Paul's not a real big proponent of the flesh. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit you know you not you must be born again so the flesh is not really looked upon as that great but i think the new body will be a spiritual body and it will be i guess nice to have i don't know i'll find out when i get mine and if if i'm alive if he came back and, and while i'm speaking right now i would be changed on the way up i would not be separated from my body my body would be changed i would not see death it says like enoch didn't see death he was it was not. Anyway, um, and that's pre-flood, by the way. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, raise him up at the last day. Uh, I should lose nothing. Not going to cast it out, not lose this. Verse 41. The Jews murmured at him. Okay, that's not good. That's not good. They're not buying what he's selling. Or giving away, I should say. Because he said, I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? This guy's from Nazareth. We grew up with this guy. John the Baptist was his second cousin. We know his family. How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? They're not believing. These are written that you might believe that Jesus is Christ, the son of God, and believing you might have life through his name. They're not buying it. Verse 43, Jesus then answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. I, I would have found new friends if I was in that crowd. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, 
and I will raise him up at the last day. Again, I think that's talking about the bodily resurrection if you come to Christ. And he's going to talk about Judas here in a minute that was chosen, but never believed. So yeah, if God does some drawing, if God does some choosing, there's still, you have to believe. For God, John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, and whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have life. That's your part. Believe. And I did it, as I've said many times, 48 years ago. Pretty soon I'll say 49 years ago. And it was written, as it was written in the prophets, they shall, they shall all be taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. So I, I came to Christ 48 years ago. Uh, I was searching. I didn't know I was searching, but I was, and I found him. The, the God that offered eternal life as a free gift to the whole world, to whosoever, I'm in. As it is written the, in the prophets, this would be the Old Testament, and they shall all be taught of God, every man therefore that hath heard. Are you listening? Have you heard? And hath learned, have you learned, have you believed? Of the Father cometh unto me. I came to Christ 48 years ago. It was in a November. Uh, in the November of 72. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God, the Son. He hath seen the Father. Barely, here's, here's, the, here's the answer right here. John 6, 47, if you're struggling with what, what you need to do. Barely, barely, Jesus says, I say unto you, he that believeth on me has everlasting life. That's why I say I have everlasting life. If you believe it depends on your works, then you can't say that because you, you're not, you haven't lived your whole life yet. Maybe you're going to do something really bad. The guy that led me to the Lord was notorious for saying, okay, and I, I was around him when he witnessed to a lot of people. He'd say, what if you shot me dead right now? Would you still go to heaven? There was just one answer he was looking for, and it was yes, I would go to heaven even if I shot you dead. I mean, you're going to have to take Moses out of the picture. You're going to have to take David out of the picture. David wrote, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I've lost track of the time, so I'm going to have to really just move out here. Okay, um... Okay, it is written of the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save, the Son, save he which is of God, he, he hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am the bread of life. I am. It's the name of God. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead, physically. And this is the bread which cometh down from heaven. This is the spiritual bread that I'm talking about here. That a man may eat thereof and not die, i.e. have eternal life, the second death. First death is absent from body, second death is absent from God. I am the bread of life which came down from heaven. If any man eat this bread, he shall live forever. Same thing as the water he was offering the woman at the well in chapter 4. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, and I will give for the life of the world. 
Again, he's going to explain what he's talking about here. The Jews, therefore, strove among themselves. They're, they're fighting. They're arguing, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Verse 53. Then Jesus saith unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat my flesh, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, excuse me, you have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he hath so he that eateth me even he shall live by me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said Jesus in the synagogue as he taught in the city of Capernaum on the northern shore of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. Okay, the word of eternal life the words of eternal life and many of his disciples he had like 150 disciples and he had the 12 which were later referred to as apostles but had to be replaced because of judas disbelief but uh, many therefore of his disciples when they heard this said this is a hard saying who can hear it and when jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured that's not a good thing to do and he said unto them Doth this offend you? What, and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before, it is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. I'm not talking about my flesh is what he's saying. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit. So if you want to understand this here, in John 6, 63, chapter 6, verse 63, the words that, that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Like the woman at the well, she understood what he was talking about. She's an unlearned Samaritan woman, outcast, and she got it instantly. All she needed was a miracle. She didn't need the feeding of the 5,000. But, um, okay, verse 64. But there are some of you that believe not. So he's identifying that there are unbelievers in the crowd. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him, which would be Judas. And he's talking to his disciples, the ones that said, this is a hard saying, and, and took off. And he said, Therefore said I unto you, No man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. And again, you notice that there, we need to believe. These guys were in trouble because they believed not. They were called, they were his disciples, but they were leaving. Verse 66, From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with Jesus. Then Jesus said unto the twelve, including Judas, Will you also go away? Simon Peter, my hero, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? 
Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe that thou, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ. Thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? So again, being chosen doesn't get you into heaven. You must believe. Jesus never believed in the Savior. He spake of Judas, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelves. And we know that it was clear that he never believed. He says he it says that Jesus knew who didn't believe. And um, that was a bad choice by Judas. But again, I, I being chosen doesn't you know maybe got you know people there's people that say well God's got to choose you. And you can't know you're chosen until you wake up in heaven one day. Well, I know that I have eternal life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house for, in the Lord forever. I believe Jesus when he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, verse 47, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me has everlasting life. For me to say I don't have everlasting life would be a betrayal of my Savior, who told me I'd be calling him a liar who said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me has everlasting life. It can't be any clearer than that. So, there we got John chapter 6. I hope I didn't go too long, because if I did, I'm going to have to do this again. It cuts me off at a certain amount of time. But uh, So I'm going to say, Adios, which means to God, in Spanish. And I'm going to say, Vaya con Dios, which means goes with God. And I see that I'm at 37 minutes and 37, 38, 39, 41, 40 seconds. Okay. Adios.